Hello everyone and welcome to the first episode of a football podcast, as I've decided I will call it. I am your host, Splungy, and today we're just going to be talking about a few things going on in football. First, we're going to do a Week 9 review, then we're going to do mid-season awards, and then I will talk about my current top five teams in the NFL. <sighs> if you're ready for that, please um, make sure to, you know, download, do all that cool stuff. Follow me on Twitter, at Splungy2. And okay, so let's just jump right into it here. First, starting with a week nine review of every game. Uh, first game being the Packers 49ers. So this game was not really all that much of a game. Final score of 34 to 17 Packers. Um, I would say that the only thing is that the 49ers are really injured. I think a healthy 49ers team probably beats the Packers, if I had to guess. Um, but yeah, that's the story of the 49ers. They're injured. There's still no easy out, in my opinion. Uh, you're not going to just beat them easily. Uh, the Packers, still question marks about them. Devontae Adams, definitely making a case as a number one receiver in the NFL. In the past, I've had a very hard time you know, putting him up there with a lot of other receivers, but I think this year is the year he's really proving everyone one wrong, and Devontae Adams very well might be making the case as a number one receiver in the NFL. Not as a number one, but as the number one. <sighs> Next game, Texans-Jaguars. Not really much to say in this game. Um, the rookie quarterback for the Jags, um, he's definitely interesting. Maybe, you know, this is just the Jags saying you're going to have some undrafted or late round rookie QB like Luton, like Minshew to come in here and play. Okay, Luton obviously one touchdown, one interception on the day for 304 yards. Um, but, Really, you know, James Robinson has been a great uh, running back so far for the Jags. DJ Chark is always good. He had 146 yards on the day. Um, but really what it comes down to is Deshaun Watson. You know, the sideline is probably not going to show it. But Deshaun Watson, you know, in this game and a lot of other games, is the reason the Texans won this, you know. the What people miss is that I don't think people miss this. I think people realize the Texans aren't all that great at the end of the day. Um, Deshaun Watson really puts them over a hump um, that I don't know if, you know, they'd be able to achieve without a quarterback like Watson. You know, I guess my only critique of Watson ever is that sometimes he puts his body on the line too much. And sometimes you feel like he's putting himself in harm's way when you just want to say, come on, take the sack, or, you know, every play is like the last play of the game sometimes for Watson, and I just wish that, uh, you know, for being one of the great young players in our game, that he would take a little bit more care of himself, that's all. Moving on to New York versus Washington. <laughs> I don't really know what to say about this game. The New York Giants have a really good defense, surprisingly. Um, their defense won them this game. I I would hope five turnovers could win you a game, um, to say the least. Alex Smith, you know, it's really hard to say anything bad about Alex Smith. Obviously, 325 yards, but a lot of those are 
garbage yards, but it really is hard to say anything bad about Alex Smith because of the story. And, you know, anytime you say anything bad about him, it feels like you're undermining the story. But the story's great. Um, really, what I want to look at is, you know, it's kind of like, you know, Teddy Bridgewater, where it's taken you a few years, even maybe some people still do, but it's taken a while to get to the point where when Teddy Bridgewater takes a hit, you don't like, you know, cringe a little bit and worry. That's where I'm at with Alex Smith, and I do question with his leg, how much can he move? We haven't really seen him move. Sometimes it looks very much like he's struggling a little bit. So, you know, Alex Smith, really good guy, great story. But I think the story in this game is not just Alex Smith struggling. It's um that Daniel Jones played a clean game of football. No interceptions. Um, other, yeah, I, he had a clean game of football and they were able to play defense. They were, they were very good at spreading, you know, the ball around. Definitely. Um, a lot of people were involved in the game for them, which I think is important when you're a lesser team spreading the ball around to multiple different players is in my opinion one of the most important things so you're not too heavily leaning on one player especially when there is no one great player on the Giants obviously Darius Slayton is really good Serling Shepard has his moments um Evan Ingram is a question mark on when or when he when he is and when he isn't going to be a great tight end um my thing with Evan Ingram is He's obviously really fast. He can't really block. So if he, sometimes it feels like we hammer him on catching just because of that one Thursday night game or like certain instances, but his hands really aren't that great. And uh, if he could make that better, I think that we would legitimately be in a position to say that Evan Ingram is one of the top tight ends in the NFL. Okay, so moving on here. Ravens Colts. <clears throat> this game was the main one I was sort of watching. I kind of try to watch them all, but this was the one I seemed to have on my screen the most. And for a lot of this game, it or for the beginning of this game, it did kind of seem like maybe the Colts were going to win, and you know maybe it wasn't going to be close. But I think that this is another week where the Ravens' defense came to play, because they are very good, we are learning. Uh, I don't know if we're learning that or, you know, if that's a new thing or not. But the Ravens' defense is very good. And um, the Colts' offense is not. The Colts have a very good defense, not a very good offense. Their offense struggles. Um, I wouldn't know where they rank offensively. I'm trying to figure that out, but it doesn't really matter um, what their rank is. I can just tell you from watching football that they are not very good. Um, They are, I'm looking right now what they are. They are 22nd in offensive efficiency. So, I meet, but defensively they are, they have to be somewhere up there, I'd have to imagine, I'm checking, 
Um, sorry about it. Defensive efficiency, they're third. So, you know, <laughs> it's really hard to, you know, if they were even a top 20 def- or offense, I'd think it'd make a huge difference. But Philip Rivers, sometimes I wonder if he should have just retired. I I hate to say it, you know, because the weird thing about Philip Rivers is sometimes he just absolutely looks awful and he loses his team's ga- his team games, and then there's other times where all of a sudden, you know, he becomes a great quarterback and rallies his team to a win. In the Lions game, he did what he had to do to get them the win. In the Bengals game, he all of a sudden, you know, turned into this amazing quarterback again and put the team on his back after an awful first half. So I guess my my uh, main thing is Jonathan Taylor, I still believe in him. I think that maybe he's just having some rookie season jitters. I don't know what the thing is there. I think Jonathan Taylor, you know, it's hard to say because I really like the guy. I hope he does well. Jordan Wilkins has kind of taken over that offense more at the running back spot. Um, But yeah, just looking at Phillip Rivers, as I was saying, I don't know if... He should have retired or not, because he just, his arm's been declining for a long time. The arm talent's never really been there with Phillip Rivers, but now it's definitely not at that peak level of performance that you would like to see. And the Ravens' defense is just really good, and I think that, you know, Lamar Jackson being as efficient as he was in this game, only having four incompletions... They're going to win a lot of games. That running attack is great. It really didn't have to do much in this game because, again, the defense won them the football game, but still over 100 yards rushing as a team. Nothing like the Steelers game where they had the crazy amount, but they did what they had to to win this game. There was a point where it looked like it was going to be 14 nothing Colts, and then we had the Jonathan Taylor fumble. But they just they heated up in the second half, um, and they did what they had to to win. And I think that... I'm still one of the people that questions Lamar Jackson, not in like a hating way because I don't want to like Lamar Jackson. I like Lamar Jackson. He seems like a cool person. I just do wonder about his passing ability sometimes. Sometimes I I wonder if he can make those big-time throws, if a team is going to beg him to just throw it and they're going to stop the run, which I don't even know if you can really just stop the run against the Ravens. But if a team does do that, it... um. I wonder how he's going to (sighs) do. Okay, so now that we're done with that one, we are going to move on to Lions-Vikings. This is another um, amazing game from Dalvin Cook. Dalvin Cook is definitely showing us that we should not have ever questioned if he was, you know... Not the reason that the Vikings were winning games. I mean, I don't know if anyone ever questioned that, but this is one of those things where the Vikings are a team that faltered early, and it's going to be really hard for them to, 
make something out of this season and go to the playoffs and all that stuff because they started off so poorly. But I'll tell you what. If the Vikings find a way to get in the playoffs, I wouldn't want to play them. With the way Dalvin Cook is playing, and this might be recency, you know, or just it's he's on a thing right now. I don't know, but right now Dalvin Cook is playing like the best running back in the NFL. Derrick Henry has lost that spot for me, at least. Um, we'll talk about him in the next game, but yeah. Matthew Stafford... He struggled. I don't know. It's Matthew Stafford's great, in my opinion. I think he's one of the most underrated players in the NFL. But the hard part for me is when... (laughs) If too many people say someone's the most underrated, then they're no longer underrated, you know what I mean? And that's kind of where Matthew Stafford's starting to fall into as we all go, oh, he doesn't get enough praise, and oh, he's underrated and all this stuff, and then I just want to go, you know what, well... (laughs) I don't know if he's underrated or I'll say he's underrated, you know what I mean? Um, I, I, I do think he's been on a, he's a, been a good quarterback on a bad team, but as we're seeing, good, really good quarterbacks can put a bad team on their back, which don't get me wrong. Matt Stafford has done that many times in his career, but I'm just saying, even look at a rookie like Joe Burrow, he's putting a bad team and making them pretty good. Even, um, not pretty good, but just like you're not going to beat them easy, or you're not going to walk into a Bengals game and just think, I'm going to win this game easily. And I could even say that with Teddy Bridgewater. He has obviously got offensive weapons, but Stafford and Bridgewater are very comparable scenarios. They have good receivers, a lackluster defense, I mean, the Panthers' defense, some games, really looks good. They they have a... I think the Panthers have a bright defense, but that's something else we can talk about. I think that, again, Dalvin Cook is just tearing it up. Back-to-back games now. The Vikings have the um, Bears coming up, and I don't know... The Bears have a good defense, but... It would be hard for me to imagine them really stuffing Dalvin Cook after what he's been doing. We have to remember, Dalvin Cook is playing amazing. Alexander Madison is no bad running back. He's he's a good running back. I would not in any way discount him as, you know, just some bad backup. Alexander Madison, he's definitely good, but this was one of those games where Kirk Cousins... I think every game is going to be one of those games for Kirk Cousins where he's just asked, don't lose us the game. Don't throw interceptions. Don't turn the ball over. Be smart with the football. Go 13 for 20 for 220 yards. And three TDs. You know what I mean? Like, don't ask too much of Kirk Cousins. And I think that that's what they're doing. Obviously, Delvin Cook was hurt for a few games there. So I think that could have been a huge part of why they lost a few. But, yeah. All right. So, um, Yeah, that is all I really have to say about the Lions and Vikings run Dalvin Cook, a beast. The Vikings just need to ride him to victory every week. (sighs) Okay, next one is going to be Bears, Titans. Um, 
I'm about to have a very hot take. The Bears' offense sucks. <laughs> so, um, I don't know what else to say. I'm going to say what everyone else says, and it's just because it's the truth. The Bears' offense stinks. They, Their defense is a Super Bowl defense. And if it had even a at all sufficient offense, it would win games and be a very much so a Super Bowl contender. So, I'm trying to look here. The Chicago is the 28th ranked offense. And if they had any type of offense, I believe that they would be a very good team. And I guess my problem is that there's talent on the Bears' offense. It's not like there's just nothing there for you to point at. Allen Robinson is a really good receiver. Anthony Miller is a really good receiver. Um, I David Montgomery, I really like his running back. Nick Foles is very hit or miss for me. Jimmy Graham's older, but he's definitely still there. You know what I mean? <sighs> so, I guess I, I have a hard time understanding Cordero Patterson has even had a good season. But anyways, I have a hard time understanding why the offense is so bad. And I think that a very legitimate question that we need to have is, is Matt Nagy really that guy? You know, I don't know. Um, you know, I, I don't know if Matt Nagy is the person that can take this team over the hump. I really don't. Because sometimes it really does feel like the, the Bears come out there and they have no real game plan. They just kind of call plays like it's Madden. So, um, I guess that is how I feel about the Bears. But the Titans, I've really only talked about the Bears, but talking about the Titans, um, they are very good, in my opinion. I think that, you know, we had a few weeks there where we question kind of where they were in the whole thing and if they were good or not and you know I have them as good right now. I have them as the top five team, spoiler alert. Um I think that Ryan Tannehill is playing some of the best football of his career. Derrick Henry is obviously a beast. Um Adrian Brown's a beast. I mean their defense is questionable, but I think you know, it, it, it's good. It's good enough, in my opinion. So, and they added Desmond King. So, that's all I have to say about that game. Panthers Chiefs. What a fun one this was. <clears throat> 
so of I I think Teddy Bridgewater is playing really good football. Like um legitimately I'm surprised that he sat as a backup in New Orleans for so long. You know, even after that five weeks or whatever the Drew Brees was hurt, um, it's hard to justify why no teams called about him. I guess it would be because they knew he would be a free agent. And um, I do question, like, not that Nick Foles is the only problem, but if you, like, take Teddy Bridgewater and you put him on the Bears, how much of a difference does that make? He's playing really good football. And um, obviously the team's record doesn't perfectly reflect how good Bridgewater's been playing, but I think we've all kind of gotten to where the injury doesn't really affect us on our grading of Bridgewater anymore, and I legitimately think that the Panthers can continue rebuilding and have Teddy Bridgewater as the final quarterback in this. You can win a Super Bowl with Teddy Bridgewater, in my opinion. Now, if you want to talk about, oh, well, we want a quarterback on a rookie contract so we can really just fulfill all our needs, there is something to be said there, but I think that you can definitely win with Teddy Ridgewater, especially when he's playing the way he is. And then, obviously, Christian McCaffrey, really good. Um, he... They passed a lot of this game because they were, you know... They weren't always completely in the game, especially towards the end, the way it kind of worked out. It was going into the fourth, it was seventeen to twenty, and then it was it was really thirty three to twenty, and then they scored no, I don't even remember how the scoring worked, but I just know there was a point where they were down two scores. They had to pass a lot. Um and holy crap. The Panthers have really good wide receivers and um but what the holy crap was really for is Patrick Mahomes. He is next level. Um, He, I'm pretty sure, is at like 24 touchdowns and one interceptions right now. Um, And that's just... What else, man? He's crazy. He's at 25 touchdowns and one interception right now. I think that we are falling into a trap where Patrick Mahomes is so good that we we kind of take for granted a little bit what he does, you know? Um, I think sometimes we fall into that like, oh, this is what Patrick Mahomes does and we expect it from him, and... It's like we just kind of write it off, and I guess that's... I have a problem with that, because he is legit next level, and I think... I always, I always hate pulling this out too early, but maybe one day we're going to say, Mahomes is the best of all time, 
Now, I've always distinguished greatest and best is very different. I've always had Tom Brady as my greatest quarterback of all time, and then Aaron Rodgers as the best quarterback of all time. But that very well could change um, in even a few years if Patrick Mahomes continues to play the way he is. Um, so the rest of the team's good too, but I just, uh, you take Patrick Mahomes and then put the weapons around him too that they have. It's almost an unfair, um, combination. (laughs) So yeah, uh, the Chiefs are really good. Um, I don't really know what teams they're matching up against. The fact that the Panthers, uh, Played them close is impressive from the Panthers' point of view. I don't know what happening at the Falcons. They kind of laid an egg, but, um, yeah. So, moving on to Bills Seahawks. There's not much I can say about this one. The Bills walked over the Seahawks. The score would not suggest that, but it is the truth. The Bills. <sighs> They tried to let it come back, and then they went back to remembering, oh yeah, we were beating the absolute crap out of you, and let's continue to do that. So, the final score, 44-34, Bills. And I think that a lot of people are questioning Russell Wilson's performance in this game, and... I guess what I want to say is when you're asking a quarterback like Russell Wilson to be your whole football team, it is really hard to just imagine that he's not going to make mistakes. The Russell Wilson is amazing. But I don't care how good he is, when you're asking him to put the team on his back, he is bound to make mistakes. Obviously, the whole offense is not him. He has DK Metcalf. He has, you know, Tyler Lockett. He has Jacob Hollister. You know, these okay players. Or not okay, DK DK Metcalf's really good. Tyler Lockett's really good. But it's not like the offense around him's bad. It's just not amazing. I think they would have been one of the teams that would have really benefited from A B joining their team. They'd also really benefit from the NFL letting Josh Gordon play again. I do have a big problem with how they're not um how they're dealing with the Josh Gordon situation. <coughs> From the Bills side, <coughs> I'm sorry. Sorry. Um, but now, from the Bills side, um, Josh Allen is playing lights out again. He played lights out in this game. He was playing lights out MVP candidate before this last four game streak where they went two and two. I think that we jumped the gun on the Bills a little bit, you know. Um, We classified them as this top-tier team. 
And then as soon as they did a little bit bad, we were all ready to say, oh, the Bills are just pretenders. And after this game, they, sh- they showed us they can beat a team like the Seahawks, who are really good. And Josh Allen, really good. I mean, it's hard to put him in the MVP conversation now, but he he's there. And the Bills are seven and two. There are a lot of teams, almost every team in the NFL would like to be seven and two. I can promise you that. They're a really freaking good team. Stephon Diggs, top receiver in the NFL. John Brown does his job. I think it's really funny whenever we think about the fact that John Brown was the number one receiver on this team, and we just like expected John a- Josh Allen to still be super good. I don't care who the quarterback is. You can benefit from having Stephon Diggs on your team. I, I don't. It really helps any quarterback to have that margin of error. There is a select few receivers in the NFL that gives the quarterback a margin of error in what they are doing. Diggs is one of those. It's part of the reason why you're seeing Kyler Murray have so much success, because Hopkins gives you that that margin of error. He gave Watson the same thing. Julio gives you the margin of error. All these players. And I think now that he has his number one guy uh, in Diggs, it's... It's really helped him. Nine receptions, 118 yards from Diggs. And the Seahawks defense, it's gotten better. Obviously, um, Jamal Adams is freaking awesome. Um, they asked him to do some crazy things, though, defensively. Um, uh, but, yeah, the, this game, I'm not too worried about the Seahawks. I think that <clears throat> they'll bounce. I don't know if they'll bounce back against the Rams. I'm question-marked about that one. I haven't decided yet. But um, the Bills obviously have to go play the um, Cardinals next week. That one's going to be a real good one. So moving on, though, to the Broncos and the Falcons. And I just want to say that this game, not as close as it looked. Um it was 27-6 to six going into the fourth. And the Broncos, I think this is a trend we're seeing. The Broncos start really slow. And I am starting to really feel like Drew Locke might be a Jameis Winston type of player. Very, um, I don't know. He's Jameis Winston in the way where he's going to have stuff that you really like about him. And then he's going to have things that you really don't like. And, you know, it just kind of feels like he's doing too much. He um, he has a lot of swagger. You know, he believes in himself. <sighs> but sometimes that can ride on arrogance um, on the football field. Um, I think that he tries to do too much sometimes. And I just want to say, you know, come on. <laughs> you don't have to try to squeeze that throw in there. Uh, you, you could take the dump down. And, you know, he led their team in rushing this week. That, I guess, speaks more. They were obviously down really bad right off the bat. But I, uh, Philip Lindsay struggled in this one. Also, <clears throat> the Falcons' defense is still bad. But ever since Raheem Morris take, took over, they're not just getting walked all over every week anymore. You know, they're 
Raheem Morris has definitely added some sort of juice to this Falcons team. Now, whether or not that'll translate to them continuing to win and, you know, somehow sneaking into the playoffs, I don't think that'll happen. They have the Saints next week. That'll be really hard for them to win. I'm not saying it won't happen. Divisional matchups, you never know. But, yeah, Julio's still, you know, right there in the top of the NFL. Todd Gurley's been a lot better than I expected. This, uh... Olamide Z guy that kind of went off for over 100 yards this week. It's always cool to see players like that that no one really knows too much about kind of, you know, shine. But this team is, both of these teams don't know how to feel about them. The Falcons have been better since they fired Dan Quinn. The Broncos, if you have a top pick, do you take a quarterback or do we believe that Drew Locke is the answer? I don't know right now. I think they have pretty good defense. It obviously didn't play too well this game, but I think they were put in the best positions to succeed, in my opinion. <clears throat> but, yeah. That is how I feel about the Broncos and the Falcons. Okay. Um, Raiders charges. This one came down to the wire. Um... Derek Carr is playing some pretty darn good football. He, uh, but he only had 13 completions this game, and almost all of them were on deep balls. They're not deep balls, but like, you know, balls downfield. Um, <clears throat> the average air yards for the top receivers on the, um, Raiders were 30 or not air yards, but average reception yards were 30, 27.5, 4.4, and then 19 again. So, obviously, all of those were definitely not short passes at all. Um, the Chargers, Herbert is really flipping good. Um, I think... Sometimes I'd like them to just open the floodgates and say, you know what, we're just, this is Justin Herbert and we're passing and the run game will run a few times. But, you know, they try to play tempo football and I don't know if that's the way they're going to win. <sighs> I feel so bad for Chargers fans losing another one score game. I don't know what the problem is. I don't know if you blame the head coach. I feel bad for Justin Herbert too that this is what he's had to endure in his first, you know, year in the NFL. Um, I'm going to be honest. I was not a fan of the Herbert pick. And it's kind of blowing up in my face. He uh, has played very well. And, um, yeah, I think that the Raiders are, you know, probably going to be in the playoffs as a wild card. And they'll... I don't know if they'll win a game or not, but I think that they're... Definitely a playoff team. They'll be a wild card team, and you know I don't know if you want to play them. They're very physical. They're not an easy game at all. Dolphins Cardinals was a heck of a game. Final score was thirty four to twenty one. Dolphins. This is um. This is a matchup I'd like to see. Hopefully, a lot. 
I hope that we can somehow get a Tua versus Kyler game once every other year or something. At least I get the whole thing, different conferences, whatever. But Kyler is another one of those guys where he's so flippin' good, and he puts the team on his back. He led his team in rushing, over 100 rushing yards, and he only missed or had five incompletions and had three touchdowns. Kyler is amazing. He finally got it going with Christian Kirk. Um, I question why the ball's not going to DeAndre Hopkins more. I really do. Um, he's your best receiver. Let's uh, get it to him a little bit more. But the quarterback design runs and all this stuff. The Cardinals really aren't that creative on offense, but Kyler Murray's just so good it doesn't really matter. Uh, I think Kyler Murray is kind of carrying Cliff Kingsbury in that aspect a little bit. But the Dolphins. The Rams game was hard because we didn't really get to evaluate Tua. He kind of, he really, when you look at it, didn't play all that great. He just, you know, he didn't have to. They won because of their defense. In this game, they were playing Kyler Murray, and uh, the defense played good. It's a really, really good defense. Saving Howard, one of the top corners in the league. But um, I think that this was the week that we finally got to see a little bit more of Tua and what we can expect. And again, I don't think that we can now all of a sudden just say, yeah, was great, he's the answer, franchise quarterback, whatever. You know, we still have to see more from him. But this was a great first step into, you know, seeing what Tua can do. And the thing is, great game plan by the the Dolphins to be able to say, you know, we have a young quarterback and we're going to do what we can to make him succeed. So there's a lot of bootlegs, a lot of screen passes, and any quarterback can you know, do good in these things. Any half-mobile quarterback. They they took Jared Goff to a Super Bowl off of this stuff. Bootleg. Bootlegs. Screen passes. Um, not really the best run game, but an efficient enough run game. You know, um, I, I like what they were doing for him. They were setting him up well. Um, and also, from the... Dolphins' point of view, Tua, a lot of his college stuff was we have really freaking good receivers, and my receivers are better than yours, and he can just kind of throw it up. He's not going to be able to do that much in the NFL, but he's able to do it in this game, and it really paid dividends, just kind of throwing it on the sideline. Um, There were a few plays like that. We have, you know, Devontae Parker, Preston Williams. Gasicki's a really good player. Um, Jakeem Grant has his weeks. There's really good players on this team. Um, and I think that they're also playoff contenders, very much so. I think it's hard when, you know, there are a lot of teams that we say could be good playoff contenders, but the Dolphins will definitely wait and see if Tua is really, you know good enough. Right now, he looks good. But it's one game. It's one and one, in my opinion. One good game, one bad one so far. <sighs> the next one was a head-scratcher, to say the least. Uh, Cowboys-Steelers. The Steelers won the game 24-19. to 
maybe should not have, uh, as a bold statement. Um, the Cowboys really suck. Um, Garrett Gilbert didn't play bad. I don't know if I have much to say about this game. The Cowboys continued to do cool stuff on special teams. That pass was really cool on the, uh, <clears throat> the return there. Um, Garrett Gilbert didn't play bad, but he didn't play a great game of football. I mean, I don't really know what I'm supposed to say. Uh, how do the Steelers almost lose to the Cowboys? Um, I guess is my question. You know what I mean? Um, Ben was hurt. He had to go to the locker room for a little bit, um, but was fine. I don't really know what that injury was or what it was finalized to be, but they couldn't run the ball on the Cowboys, who have a sucky run defense. Um, They passed it okay. Um, You know, Ben didn't have any interceptions or anything, but their offense worries me. You know, they're 8-0, but their offense ain't. Obviously, their defense is great. Uh, Blitzberg, they they sack. They get to the quarterback. They uh, they get interceptions. They really can turn the tide of the game for the Steelers. But that offense really, I think that they need to be more. And this could be on Ben. This could be on Scheming. Whatever. They need to be more willing to just get it to Chase Claypool. He's obviously, definitely something for that offense. Juju's good. Um, but Juju is really one of those receivers that succeeds more when he has another receiver that is taking some of the pressure off of him. And there's nothing wrong with that. There's a lot of receivers out there who, you know, make make it work off of that. I think Calvin Ridley is one of those guys where if he was the true number one on the Falcons, I don't know if he succeeds, but he has Julio Jones on the other side. You're more worried about Julio than you are Calvin Ridley. Um... So I think that that is kind of where Juju was when AB was there. You're more worried about AB than Juju. Juju shows up. So, you know, that's uh, that's where I stand with the that and the Steelers. This one hurts. I am a Bucks fan. So to watch them get decimated by the Saints, 38-3, to definitely hurt. Um, where do I start? Coaching for the Buccaneers was awful in this game. They got outcoached in every single way in this game. Um, they ran the ball the least amount of times the ball has ever been ran in an NFL game. I don't care how how much you were down by. Um, that is not acceptable. You put Tom Brady in a position not to succeed. He, um, Tom Brady, we have seen, this team operates at its best when there is a run game and they can play action, Tom Brady being one of the better play-action quarterbacks ever. There is play-action, we can run the ball, we physically win football games. That is what this team can do. And I think that the Bucks came out there and they just said, oh, well... 
we have all these weapons, and uh, we've been dominated by the Saints all these years, and this is the year it's different. And we have Mike Evans, and we have Chris Godwin, and Leonard Fournette, and Antonio Brown, and all these players, and it just, it was not, that game plan was not for our team. We tried to play zone on defense, which we're not a zone team. Um, I guess it's really just frustrating. I don't know if they saw something, but you're letting Drew Brees do what he wants. Giving up these short passes and stuff like that. This has been one of my problems for a while with our defense. We play off the receiver hard. And we have two really good physical man corners in Jamel Dean and, and Carlton Davis. Um, so, I don't know what happened. I don't know why we decided to play zone. Devin White struggled a little bit in this game. Uh, but Levante David said afterwards that there was very uncharacteristic miscommunication and not communicating for the defense in this game. So I guess all I can hope is that we go out and we beat the crap out of the Panthers next week to give me some hope, but I have a feeling that's not going to happen. I I just don't think Tom Brady is going to let this team fall off the wheel. Um, I think that hopefully this was just one of those one in a million games where the Bucks lose 38-3. to And I would hope it's one of those things where we see them again in the playoffs and they regret all the trash they're talking because I have been, became a known Saint hater now. So, <clears throat> so moving on to the next game, as that one hurts to talk about, um, Patriots-Jets, I'm not really going to say anything about this game, they both are stinky teams, the Patriots are stinky, they're not going anywhere, even the defense struggled a little bit against the Jets and Joe Flacco, um, the Patriots didn't deserve to win this game. Cam Newton's smelly. He doesn't play well half the time. Um, it's really weird to see the Patriots like this. Moving on. Um, okay, so... Next up, now that we're done with all the games, we are going to talk about my current mid-season awards. I know we're about a week late for that. Not really, though. Um, so, mid-season awards. So, for MVP... This is not hard for me. I uh, I don't know if I'm going against the grain or if this is becoming more of a popular take, but I'm taking Mahomes. Um, I know a lot of people want to say it's Wilson, but I think that, again, we fall into a trap of just saying with Mahomes, this is what he does, and we expect him to do it and all this stuff. It's 25 touchdowns, one interception, and he's leading the team to victories, and the Chiefs are just unstoppable. Um, so, for Coach of the Year, I think I'd go Brian Flores right now. I think he is obviously the team's talented. I argued giving it to him last year with a very not talented team and coaching really well. I think it either goes to Flores or Joe Judge or Matt Rule. Um, but right now, I have Flores above those guys. Flores... Uh, has played or done up very well, um, coaching that team, changing the culture in Miami uh, after it was destroyed by um, 
the menace himself over there, Adam Gase. Um, yeah, so I feel pretty, pretty good about the Dolphins moving forward in the future. I don't think this will be the year that they really, you know, do anything too spectacular, but definitely look for the Fal- or the Dolphins, especially if they can, if Tua can develop to what they hope that he can. Um, definitely look out for the Dolphins. Um, okay, so for Defensive Rookie of the Year, I don't know if this is biased, but I'm going Antoine Winfield. I think he has played really well. Um, he does just so many things. He plays so many positions on the defense. He can blitz. He can play coverage. He can play man. He can be in the box. He can play more of that free safety role. Whatever they really ask him to do, with you know, whatever they really ask him to do, he does it, and he does it well to the best of his ability. So I think that he is probably in the lead there. You know, Chase Young, I would not discount him. He's definitely played really well, too. Um, but I have to give it to Winfield. And then Offensive Rookie of the Year. Everyone wants to give this one to Burrow, but I have to give it to Herbert. He's just been amazing. They both have been amazing, but... <sighs> Herbert's just really good. They're both generational talents, in my opinion, but Herbert is has a higher ceiling, in my opinion, because it's hard, because Burrow has a really high ceiling. and But sometimes I wonder if he's almost at it already, you know what I mean? Like, he's just that good already. Herbert has a higher ceiling than that. I don't think he's reached it. So, um, Herbert is where I'm going to go for offense rookie of the year. Defensive player of the year, I'm going to go be boring and go Aaron Donald. Um, he honestly should win it every year if he keeps playing the way he does every year. He's insane. Um, if I was a lineman in the NFL, I would in no way want to ever have to play that man. It's scary. He's just so versatile. I feel like by the end of his career, we're going to question him versus Lawrence Taylor and this edge player debate. It's it's really that close. Um, they're just... He's unbelievable. And then Offensive Player of the Year, um, I, I would give it to either... I mean, Mahomes, but Dalvin Cook, I guess, would be my other one um, for Offensive Player of the Year. Uh, so, yeah. That's where I go for most of my midseason awards. I'm not going to do like best quarterback, best running back, all that stuff. That would take too long. Um, but to finish this out, I'm going to do my top five best teams in the NFL. So starting at number five, I'm going to go with the Titans. Um, the Titans are really good. I think they're overlooked. Uh, in a lot of aspects, and that they just will continue to show that they are really that top five team. Number four, I'm going to go with the Seahawks. They um, laid a stinker against the Bills. I don't know what else to say, but I had a hard time taking them out of the top. Um, They're just really good, Um, and I think... The Bills, I don't know what happened with the Bills. I think Josh Allen got that spark he had at the beginning of the season back, and um, that's kind of where that falls. And then three, 
I'm going to go with the Saints. They beat up on the Bucks, who we all think are a good team, but I'm not sure anymore. Um, I think they just... Taysom Hill is such a Swiss Army knife. Um, he can do anything for them. And this is nothing new, I'm just saying. I would like to even see more of Taysom Hill. Drew Brees, still, you know, the questions you have about him throwing deep and stuff like that are still there. Like, I don't know why everyone tries to act like they're not. They're still there. It's just that I don't think they really affect the the Saints and what they want to do. It's not what their offense really wants to do. <sighs> so, yeah, definitely the Saints are up there. Two, I'm going to go with the Steelers. Um, again, close one against the Cowboys, but I have a hard time putting an undefeated team lower than where they're at. You know, a lot of people argue they should be one, but one is the Chiefs. Um, <laughs> they're just so good, and I think it's going to be like this for a while. It's really... I, I hope that we don't, in eight years, hate Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs like we all hated Tom Brady and the Patriots, because I like them right now. They're cool. They're a fun bunch. Is it going to get boring to see them, you know, succeeding like this every year? Probably, but um, right now I think we should just enjoy it. Um, don't get used to this whole Patrick Mahomes being amazing thing. We need to continue to realize how amazing it is, because we're already falling to that trap. We're like, oh, it's Patrick Mahomes. We expect it. Let's not fall into that yet. Patrick Mahomes is great, um, and I don't see that changing any time soon. Okay, everyone, so that is going to be the end of the first ever episode of a football podcast. Um, I hope you all enjoyed. I would hope that I do this again sometime and I continue to make more episodes. Um, so, yeah. I will maybe make another episode of my week 10 picks. Um, so, yeah, I will see you all in the next... Oh, sorry. <clears throat> I'm your host, Splungy. Follow me on Twitter, at Splungy2. And I will see you all in the next one.